Welcome to All Autism Talk, connecting the autism community one podcast at a time. Our podcast offers friendly conversations with inspiring individuals in the autism community. All Autism Talk is brought to you by Learn Behavioral and the Learn Provider Network. Now, here's your host. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of All Autism Talk, brought to you by the Learn Behavioral Network, a leading provider in ABA services across the country. I'm your host this week, Richie Plush. I recently had an opportunity to sit down with Holly Lechniak from the Spark Research Project, Simmons Foundation Powering Autism Research. I was excited to sit down with her and learn more about the research that they're doing and really understand more about how they're including the entire family in their research project. And I was really excited to hear about the long-term vision that they have of how they're storing data and collecting data. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. So I, I know that Spark has been around for a while and you've been a big part of it throughout the majority of the time it's been around, but what is Spark? Can you tell our listeners? Yeah. So Spark is a national autism research project. And what it's looking to do is accelerate the field of autism research. So SPARC stands for Simons, uh, Simons Foundation Powering Autism Research. And the mission is relatively straightforward. We want to speed up research and advance our understanding of autism with that end goal of improving lives of individuals on the spectrum. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about why autism research is so important? Yeah. So in terms of autism research, we're still a relatively new field um, in comparison to some of the other research disciplines out there. Um, There's still a lot we don't know about autism that we continue to learn. So projects like Spark are really aiming to accelerate and enhance that research within the field. Um, One of the things Spark is aiming to do is provide researchers um, and families with medical and genetic information. Um, And we get this by having tens of thousands of individuals and families who are affected by autism participate in the research. The goal here is having this group of individuals um, really contribute towards our understanding um, in the genetic and biological research fields of autism, as well as um, expanding that into other research databases through SPARC's genetic registry. That makes sense. Uh, I mean, genetics has been an ongoing research topic for years within the autism community. And, you know, I think it's such an important piece of us being able to understand the causes and, you know, sort of what, what can, what are some contributing factors to driving great outcomes in terms of treatment, right? Is, is all of that kind of what's going on in each of your studies? Yeah. Um, within Rush, uh, we have a variety of studies going on, but, um, again, we are a clinical site for Spark. And so, um, we are engaged in the spark is one of the studies that we are engaged in that is looking to better understand how autism and genetics interact. We know that there are many causes of autism and genetics is one of those possible causes. 
Um, and we also know that there are different ways genes can be related to autism, whether that's genetic changes that occur um, in utero or, you know, while, um, while the mother is pregnant and um, genes that can be impacted or related to carrier traits. So passed down from um, parent to child. Um, and what we are what we are looking at is um, through the individuals who participate in the study, we are looking to both identify new genetic um, variants or new genetic differences um, that exist or, or that um, are related to autism, as well as for individuals. Um, to find specific genetic changes related to their autism. So you're saying, so oh, that's so interesting, right? So there's, there could be like global identifiers, right? There could be some genetic components that are, that are, com that are common amongst a variety of different individuals. And then there could be an individual component to it as well. Yeah, well, so what the study is looking to do is identify additional variants. Right now, researchers think really there could be anywhere between three, five, three to five hundred to maybe even a thousand um, specific genetic differences or genetic variants within autism. When this study started um, a little more than six years ago, um, there there were what was considered um, known genetic markers, um, there were about 80. Um, now, the study has been underway for six years, so a little more than six years, um, and that gene list has gone up to almost 190. And scientists have been able to make um, those identifications based on the sheer number of participants who have already engaged in SPARC. Um, we need participants to be able uh, to contribute this information so that we can um, look at and compare um, to other people within um, or who have received an autism spectrum diagnosis. So how many people have been involved in the studies to date? Uh, almost 350,000 individuals since the study launched have already participated. Um, and as of now, about one in 10 of those individuals on the spectrum are receiving some sort of um, genetic result, meaning they are coming back as having uh, an identified genetic variant or difference um, that is linked to their autism. And what Spark is able to then do is provide those individuals, those families, with a genetic report and um, help to promote understanding of how this specific uh, genetic difference has contributed to their autism and what that might mean for their individual um, kind of medical profile and care plan. We are still a long ways away from being able to um, more broadly use that information in a way that's meaningful um, to individuals, but certainly having a better understanding of specific genetic differences can be really meaningful to families in, in a lot of different ways. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just thinking about being able to you know, add that to your medical file, know if you have, you know, potentially, I don't know how you could be, how you could respond to some medications. If that's, an, you know, I'm just thinking about the more information, the better, especially when it comes to genetics and genetic testing. And that's not something that's readily available for anybody at their local pediatrician necessarily. That's, this seems like it's 
a little bit more sophisticated than just anything anybody can get done quickly, yeah. right? Yeah, it's, and it's definitely on trend with kind of that idea of um, more personalized medicine and again, just better understanding an individual's profile. And so for some of these genetic variants, um, or single genes, we know a lot more about them. And there is um, there are existing groups that exist for some of these variants um, that then families can be connected with and um, have that shared experience of um, knowing other individuals with this difference and, and with this change um, that may or may not help to inform uh, treatment. It may or may not help to inform kind of outcomes or trajectory um, and give families and individuals on the spectrum just more information. That's great. I mean, especially for so many families who don't have a lot of information. You know, I think a lot about families who had diagnoses 10, 12, 15, 20 years ago, and there really wasn't a lot of information available then. I mean, we're still trying to figure everything out now. And so for them to be able to get some genetic information, any information is great information, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I'm thinking of the families who um, are rush patients and have received um, have received a genetic result, meaning they come back as having, you know, uh, one of those 190, um, one of those 190 genes or um, copy number variants that are listed within that SPARC genetic list. And um, many of those were unknown prior to. Um, and I think that's for a couple of reasons. One, clinical testing when it comes to genetics can be expensive. Insurance doesn't always cover that. Um, and so certainly um, some there may be some barriers to access there. Um, another reason they might is it might not have ever been warranted. Uh, their care providers haven't thought to, to order um, a clinical genetic testing because you might not have felt it was warranted with their treatment. And so, um, and then the third reason is the genetic testing done through Spark is, um, is different than clinical testing. What's often done is what's called a microarray where it looks at a small portion of an individual's DNA. Um, through Spark, the, the process is called full exome sequencing, and they look at the full strand of an individual's DNA from start to finish. And so the process is not quick. It is, um, it is a very extensive process um, and a much more thorough one. Um, that being said, at this point in time, Spark would not replace clinical genetic testing, um, right. because what we're looking for are specific known autism markers. Um, we're not looking at um, a broader array of potential clinical diagnoses that a family might be able to get through genetic testing. So what SPARC is really looking for are um, genetic differences related to autism. Autism specifically, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I imagine researchers in this warehouse analyzing data and having this, you know, this bank of information and just trying to and trying to connect dots that maybe aren't there or maybe hadn't been discovered. Is that you know, I'm I know I'm simplifying it in my head because that's what I can wrap my head around, but is that a little bit of what's happening? They're just analyzing DNA from a very a bunch of different people and then saying, here are some commonalities between them and and testing that. Is that part of the process? 
so the so um, essentially the the people who sequence will read through a person's DNA line by line um, and compare against um, known autism markers. So uh, the autism genes that are already on that spark genetic list in order to identify new um, single genes or copy number variants, the um, team of scientists at Spark are the ones kind of analyzing and comparing that data across the hundreds of thousands of people who are participating in this study. And again, because autism is such a broad spectrum and we know there is not one cause of autism, we know that there are many um, different kind of conditions um, or um, profiles of individuals who are given this autism spectrum disorder diagnosis. And so um, we know that we are looking for a, a pretty, we're casting a pretty broad net. And so the more families that participate and more individuals with autism that participate, the better we'll be able to, um, the better job we'll be able to do in identifying these uh, single variants or copy number variants. Um, that are related to autism. Can, who can be involved in this in this research? Is is there are there limitations and ages and and things like that? Who who are the study participants, if you will? I think that's one of the coolest things about Spark, um, as compared to to some autism research, um, is. It, it is incredibly inclusive. So individuals of all ages, all abilities, um, as long as they have a professional diagnosis of autism live in the United States and can read and consent in English, they're eligible to participate. We are launching a uh, Spanish Spark with uh, consents and the registration platform um, in, in Spanish as well, but currently available is um, registration in English. That's great. And and do participants have to go to a site? Like, you know, what I guess walk us through a little bit of uh, if I were to sign up for it, what what could I expect? Yeah. So um, either independent adults with autism, or dependent adults with autism, or their child or um, children with autism could be registered by their parents. Um, but it actually can all be done at home. So. Uh, families or individuals with autism would go to the Spark website, which is www.sparkforautism.org backslash rush, R-U-S-H, and um, they can register at home. Registration takes about 15 to 20 minutes, give or take, and it's answering a couple basic questions about um, diagnosis. Um, a couple basic questions about um, behavioral and diagnostic information, uh, and then completing consent forms. So both the genetic consent and the data consent. Um, from there, our teams will uh, mail out 
saliva kits for families to complete the um, genetic saliva collection process at home. Depending on a family's location, they may be close to a clinic uh, and they might be able to get that added support, but there um, are a variety of supports that kind of help families with that saliva collection process. If anybody's ever done like an ancestry.com or, or a 23andMe, they'll, they'll be a little bit more familiar with what those saliva collection tubes look like. Um, it's a very different process. I will say that um, it is we are not affiliated with um, ancestry.com or um, any of the other genetic testing sites, but that is what those tubes look like. They um, complete that at home and then they would send that back to us in the prepaid box. Um, that's given to them. That seems pretty pretty simple, straightforward. I noticed on the on your website there are a few videos that walk people through that process as well. So it's it seems pretty straightforward. I think. Yeah. That's that's so interesting to me. Is you know one, it's it's really easy to participate, but two, there's so much information that can come from a saliva sample. That just it, 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 I'm wrapping my head around how like how long it would take to analyze a full DNA strand and how long it would take to analyze some of this. I can't imagine it's a 24, even a 48 hour turnaround. This is probably going to take some time to analyze DNA, correct? Absolutely. So it, it is not a quick process. Um, the timeline in and of itself can be upwards of a year and a half, two years to, to receive any information back. Um, Spark is really working to decrease that timeline for sure. But the analysis itself, because we uh, have um, because we have those uh, samples and, and there's so many uh, coming in, which is amazing. Um, they, they are done in batches and that process takes several months. And then um, there's that added confirmation time, which also takes several months. And then if the if a genetic difference is noted, added attention and um, connection time is, is given there. So the turnaround is certainly not quick, but um, definitely worthwhile. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned that there were sites, um, you know, sort of spread around the country. Can you give us an idea of where some of those sites are located? Yeah, and on Spark's website, there's certainly a there's a clinical site map, but um, they are really at all four corners and everywhere in between uh, within the continental U.S. So we have uh, Seattle Children's all the way up in Pacific Northwest, um, all the way down to um, U UCLA and Sark and um, then all the way in the Northeast. We have... Um, Let's see, we have Yale, um, Eisenhower, down south, we have Emory University in Atlanta, um, and Miami. So it really spans the nation. That's great. That's great. You know, I, one of the things I think about a lot is, um, you know, somebody asked me, you know, why more people are doing research. And, and the real answer is that we just don't know enough, right? And I, and hopefully in, in our lifetime, we will know enough, but you know, I think in order for us to get there, we have to have time and resources and researchers dedicated to fully understanding autism and the diagnosis. And I think that's one of the things that I hope people understand is that this is this is one of many ways that people can be getting involved in research and helping advance the the field and advance the understanding of 
diagnosis causes concerns, things for us to be paying attention to. Is that a little bit of what really Sparks is, Spark is pushing for? Absolutely. So the genetic, uh, helping us to learn more about kind of the, auti- uh, the genetics of autism is, is one piece. Um, I think the other kind of primary mission of Spark is to create kind of this autism registry. So we have what's called Spark Research Match, which um, researcher, autism researchers across the nation can um, apply to be able to um, help connect their studies and their research opportunities with Spark participants. Um, Spark never shares uh, personal information, uh, will never share uh, families information with with researchers or with another clinical site. But what they will do is connect um, and offer up information to families directly about uh, additional research opportunities and resources that might be beneficial to them or that they might qualify for. And families can decide whether or not to to make those connections. But it's really, I think that's one of the core um, components of being able to accelerate the field of autism research, right? Having a place where we have so many families who um, and individuals who have already participated in research and um, connecting researchers with them as they as they choose um, to be able to again continue to contribute towards research if they'd like. Got it. So so just to make up an example, if um, a researcher approached you and said, "Oh, we're doing it. We're conducting a sleep study," and you you may be able to connect them with individuals, or you would be able to let your participants know about additional research that's coming, or if there was a if they were doing a gastrointestinal study, then you'd be able to let your families know or let the previous participants know that this was happening? Um, not me in particular, but the the central team with the Simons Foundation, um, who again is the, is the lead sponsor um, or is the sponsor for this study nationwide. Um, it's, it's a little bit more of a stringent process of an application process to participate in that research match, but absolutely. And I think, um, the, the studies really span home-based surveys and and these can be for, um, adults or children, but they, they can be clinical trials. Um, they can be home-based surveys. They can be looking to kind of access input from parents as well as provide intervention to to children um, and or adults. So it's it's pretty diverse. One other kind of important piece to to know is that along with looking for the individuals with autism to participate, we're also looking for when possible um, their biological parents and then, you know, a a sibling to participate as well. Um, And the reason for that is we can better understand um, genetic differences if we have kind of the sources of DNA, we can better understand um, if a genetic difference is caused by a change in utero or if it was um, passed down from a parent to parent. Um, and again, they're a parent to child. And again, um, I'm not sure if I mentioned this, but not everybody wants to receive genetic results or wants some of that detailed information about um their family and how it was, how autism might be impacted um, by their genetic profiles. And so families can also elect to participate without 
electing to receive those results themselves. So if they want to contribute towards that autism research, but don't actually wish to receive information about um, any potential findings for themselves, that's an option that they can select in the enrollment process. That's good to know. It's also good to know that um, the whole family could be involved and that would help. I mean, that's great information, not just looking at the individual, but the family unit as a whole. Would, I can imagine that would open up a lot of information for researchers and scientists. Absolutely. That's where that 350000 comes from, for sure. For families to be able to go through, you know, and supporting supporting some research and then also have the opportunity to, to gain ongoing information, you know, with whatever new research topics are coming up. I think that's just such a great way to do it. I know a lot of families are interested in being more a part of the community and helping helping the community as a whole. And what a great way for them to be able to hopefully pay it forward or to be able to get more answers for themselves, right? To be able to say, wow, we got this genetic information. What could that mean? That could mean all sorts of things, but here are some additional research opportunities to get to know more about yourself, your child, whatever it may be. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the cool things about Spark is it is not a it, it is not a study looking for brief engagement um, or looking to provide support in this kind of brief window of time. Spark is in it for the long haul in terms of um, supporting and advancing autism research. And I think we see that again through uh, ongoing contributions towards understanding genetics of autism, as well as um, continuing to to promote and engage families and researchers through this autism research or for the through Spark Research Match. Um, and so I think it's it, it really is such a great resource to families. Even within the the website, I don't know if um, you were able to see, but there's um, kind of there's this discover tab on the the Spark webpage, and it has this inventory of amazing. Um, webinars that are kind of put on by some of the top researchers, clinicians, um, and advocates kind of across the country. And it's it's a wonderful kind of database of supports and resources, but um, Spark is continuing to add to that through their monthly webinars and um, articles. So it's, it's truly an amazing resource. Can you tell us, uh, we'll put it in the show notes, but will you tell us just the website for, the, for Spark? Sure. It's www.spark, S-P-A-R-K, for autism, F-O-U-R-A-U-T-I-S-M, dot O-R-G, backslash rush, R-U-S-H. That's Great. our site for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to your point, you know, the website does have a bunch of information and, and whether, you know, people are interested in participating or not, I would encourage them to go and check out the video library I thought was particularly helpful. Um, just some great topics and some great uh, presentations on a variety of things. Uh, and certainly people who are just looking for more information, it's a great place for them to find it. Yeah, absolutely. The variety of resources on there is is immense. We have things for children, um, parents, adults on things from comorbid needs like anxiety and autism, ADHD and autism, to you know understanding sex education and birds and the bees when it comes to in, um, individuals on the spectrum or um, accessing vocational supports and training. It's it's a pretty wide um, a wide 
net in terms of what's in, encompassed in there. Great. I mean, our families all have a variety of different needs and whether they're two or 22 or 62, they have different things happening in their lives and they're going to need different levels of support. So that's a, that's a great, that's a great tool. Holly, is there anything, um, anything else that we need to know about Spark? Any new, any new research that's coming up? Uh, Spark does a really nice job of putting out updated information, whether that's um, new discoveries in terms of gene identification, um, new resources, really on a again a, a monthly basis, um, as well as you know promoting um, information on new discoveries within the field, and so those are things that through participation, families will be linked with and connected with or through navigating even just the, the website itself, um, families can can learn more about. Great, well, thank you so much, Holly, for sharing about Spark and about the research that's happening. It, it sounds like a, a fairly easy to access uh, research for, for families, right? It's not too cumbersome in terms of the effort that they need to put in and hopefully, um, hopefully we, you know, more people will continue to participate so we can understand more about autism and, and all that goes into it. Thank you so much for your time today, Holly. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate your time. most to me from this conversation was the ongoing need for research, both from a diagnostic perspective, a therapeutic perspective, but also from a genetic perspective. And I really appreciate the way that the Spark researchers are showing respect to the entire family by including everybody. Uh, it also stood out to me that they have a very long-term agenda in terms of the size and scope uh, and database that they're, that they're pushing with regards to their research. As always, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Autism Therapies. And if you have a show suggestion or other feedback for us, please send us an email at allautismtalk at learnbehavioral.com. And feel free to subscribe, rate, and review us at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, take care. Be safe. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of All Autism Talk. This podcast is brought to you by Learn Behavioral, the leading network of providers serving children with autism and other special needs. Visit us at learnbehavioral.com. Listen to previous episodes at allautismtalk.com on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All Autism Talk, connecting the autism community one podcast at a time.